God bless the city of Rock Hill. Rock Hill is such a special place. They're going to know Rock Hill for more than Football City USA. Pathways, Indoor Center, Knowledge Park. It's just a wonderful time to be in Rock Hill right now. The city of Rock Hill is one of the only destinations that fully gets it. It builds world-class venues that are better than anywhere in the United States. Hello and welcome into the Rock Hill City Cast, where we aim to keep you informed on all things going on inside the city of Rock Hill. My name is Matthew Cray. Alongside me to my right, Ashley Studebaker. And in with us today, we have Mike Jolly, Director of Electrical Utilities for the city of Rock Hill. Mike, how are you doing? Doing well. Glad to be here. Awesome. Well, we're going to get to know you and what you do. Uh, but first, we want to know about you and where you came from. So go ahead and give us some background on Mike Jolly and how you got to the city of Rock Hill. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm a, a tennis, born in Tennessee, uh, but we moved around a little bit. Uh, did grade school in uh, Clemens, South Carolina, uh, before moving back to Tennessee and finished up high school there and went to college, University of Tennessee in Knoxville. Uh, had an electrical and computer engineering degree there. And uh, following college, came to Rock Hill uh, actually just to visit. My brother, who was living here, had gone to Winthrop uh, and ended up uh, staying and uh, had an internship with Rock Hill uh, as I was still looking around and uh, ended up turning that into a full-time position, and here I am 26 years later. So when you visited your brother, what was it that drew you to Rock Hill? Um, uh, food and, and a bed, mostly at the time. <laughs> I was uh, broke and a college student, but no, he, uh, like I said, we had lived in South Carolina before, so I knew this area very well and, right. and loved its proximity to the coast and the mountains. So, Matthew, uh, I, I have to give you props for not yelling out Go Eagles when he said his brother went to Well, I, I think it's it's not necessarily a Winthrop thing. It's a sports thing because he said he went to Tennessee and my brain said, Go Vols, you know, ah, just to try okay, and yeah. relate with people. Right. But I was trying Absolutely. to c- contain myself and a little bit. And I watched the Winthrop grad as well. So okay. Very connected to Cool. Well, that's a little bit about how you got here. Now we're going to do some fun questions. We call this our speed round. We'll put you on the hot seat, if you will, and just ask you questions about everyday life uh, to get to know the fun side of you. You ready? Sure. Bacon or sausage? Bacon. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Apple or Android? Android. Cake or pie? Pie. Pie or ice cream? Pie. Dine-in or takeout? Dine-in. Favorite Rock Hill restaurant? Hmm. Probably flip side. Nap on the couch or nap in your bed? Couch. Work alone or work on a team? Team. Would you rather have six fingers or six toes? Fingers. Why? Grab things. You grab things. (laughs) If you could ride any animal, what would you choose? Oh, gosh. Horse. A horse. What about a dangerous animal? A cheetah. A cheetah. Uh, do, you, do your cups in the cupboard go right side up or upside down? <laughs> right side up. Right side up. Uh, favorite thing to do in your free time? Uh, tennis. Favorite Italian dish? Uh, seafood Alfredo. Something embarrassing you did as a kid? I got lost as a kid. This is a, this could be a whole show, but uh, at four years old, I following ants uh, in a neighborhood that I wasn't familiar with and got actually lost uh, and got to, to eventually take my first cop car ride. That's that. amazing. So, so you're just following a trail a, of It's ants. a longer story than that. that I don't want to, that's, all, that's embarrassing enough. But uh, Say no more. That's the funny. ants and Mike go marching one by one. When you said Apple or Android, why did I go to fruit? 
<laughs> yes, life. the Android fruit. I, I was, like, I was waiting for oranges. And oranges. That's why I hesitated on the answer. So I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's funny. The, that's the ant story. I, oh, I know we can't come back to it, but that's just intriguing. Wow, phenomenal. All right, so you are director of electrical utilities for the city. I'm sure there's a lot that goes to it. We're going to find out. But what are your responsibilities? Sure. So. Um, Rock Hill is unique in that it has its own power company. Most cities do not have that. So uh, my responsibility within Rock Hill is the operational side of the power. So uh, I have three really main groups uh, that make up my area. We have the the line workers, the electric services, we call it. Those are the guys you see in the bucket trucks out working on the poles and the power lines. Most people are pretty familiar with those guys. Uh, Then we have our engineering group, electrical engineering group as well. So these guys are uh, reviewing new construction plans and designing the new lines that, uh, that are going in underground or overhead for new development, for road projects, for um, you know, any additions, renovations, whatever people are doing. They take it from beginning uh, to end, from review to design to construction. Uh, and they also oversee our vegetation program where we maintain utility rights away uh, for water, electric, and sewer lines. And then last, I have a, kind of a hodgepodge group called Power and Communication Services. They, those guys maintain and construct our substations. Uh, they maintain uh, the city's emergency standby generation at all our facilities, uh, the electric meters, um, traffic signals. We do uh, maintain traffic signals around Rock Hill. Uh, fiber optic network we maintain, the uh, automatic metering infrastructure we may talk about here in a little bit, uh, and our dispatch and control center is also within that group. So, so you I'm, mentioned I'm responsible for kind of herding all those together, making sure they <laughs> basically you're work just together. really smart. <laughs> well, I have a lot of smart people who work for me. Uh, um, you, smart enough to hire them, maybe. You mentioned uh, substation. Can you touch on what that is exactly? What a substation is so. Um, so Rock Hill is a distribution power company, which basically means we uh, we don't operate a generation plant. Uh, we do have ownership in a generation plant. We could talk about that a little bit, but. Um, but we don't operate it. So the, the generation, the transmission comes uh, from someone else, and then we take it at what we call delivery points around Rock Hill. And at that point, you uh, is where basically where our substation starts. So that's where we step it down to uh, of a distribution voltage that we send out around down, and, and we operate and maintain from that point. Well, what does it look like? Substation? I, uh, yes. <laughs> um, it's uh, to not, me very not exciting. Not the place, Matt. <laughs> you know, uh, years ago, we were going to do uh, an orientation with city employees, and uh, I said, let's go by look at a substation. And everybody said, no, no one wants to see that. So it may not be something that people want to see, but generally it's a one to two acre site. We have a, tr- uh, a large transformer that takes it from those transmission large towers down to our level. And then we have protection uh, so that if something happens on the system of tree falls or whatever in line, that the circuit kills power to protect uh, the public as well as our people. So Rock Hill is pretty big. How many of those do you have? Yeah, so we have uh, eight delivery points today. We're actually building a ninth one uh, right now. So we'll have nine at the end of uh, 2022. And that services all of Rock Hill. All of Rock That's Hill. That's impressive. Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned this is unique uh, for a city to kind of carry its own electric and, and everything. So how does power get delivered to the city? Yeah, so uh, Rock Hill is actually an owner, uh, along with nine other cities, uh, at the Catawba Nuclear Station in Clover, South Carolina. We're partial. So we, the 10 cities own 25% of that plant. Uh, Duke Energy operates that plant for us. Uh, so they generate, uh, using nuclear energy, generate the power. Uh, and then it comes out of that plant and goes over transmission lines, which are also in this area, uh, owned and operated by Duke Energy. Uh, to those delivery points I talked about are those substations that we talked about earlier, which is where Rock Hill takes over. And then we're responsible for getting it from that point to the 
to the end user. So we've got Duke that funnels down to the nuclear station that funnels down to the substations that give us power. Yep, that's correct. It. That's where primarily we do have a little bit of hydropower uh, through a federal project that we have access to, and then we buy a little bit on the open market as well. Gotcha. Now, I know your job is to help, we'll just say, keep the power on. We can call you Power Guy. Um, but Power Guy might not have a job if we never lost power, you know? So what are some things that cause power outages and what is your response versus the consumer's response? Yeah, sure. So uh, there are a lot of different things that call power, cause power outages. The, you know, the, oddly enough, the most common cause is unknown. Um, now, what that basically just means is whatever caused it fell off on its own. And, and when we get out there, we don't see it. We didn't have to fix anything, right? Uh, but beyond that, uh, by far, the, you know, what causes the most outages are trees, tree limbs, uh, either falling or brushing up against a line during a storm. Um, uh, and then after that, uh, actually vehicles, vehicle uh, versus pole. Just into a pole, uh, into a power Yeah, this uh, was uh, a big change over the years. It used to be uh, animal contact. Mm. Oh, believe, wow. But uh, with some of the protections and coverings and all that we do nowadays, we don't have nearly the animal. We still have it, but not like we used to. So, so is, is animal the strangest one you've ever come across? Or is there a stranger power outage reason? Uh, no, we've had uh, during storm. We've had garages blow up into lines. You know the metal garages. Okay. That, you know with balloons from um, uh, oh. car used cars. You know places uh-huh. that'll break loose and get up in the lines. Some some of the more odd things. But um, we have had some larger animals uh, as well as some small ones. So uh, flying squirrels and <laughs> uh, raccoons and just all, you know, anything that can climb. Mm. Um, but uh, again, we 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 do. A, a pretty good job nowadays of protecting both the, the, us from the animals and the animals from us. Uh, do, so we don't see that as much as we used to. Do people have to report the power outage or do you guys just know about so that? So this has dramatically changed in the last five to 10 years. So uh, 10 years ago or long, yes, we, we, the utilities, power companies were uh, almost solely uh, relying on uh, customers calling in, particularly for small outages. Um, nowadays, we have the technology, every meter reports back if it loses power, every endpoint to us, and populates on a map. So um, we generally see it before we get the call. Um, now, we don't operate a 24-hour-a-day dispatch, so sometimes after hours uh, we rely a little bit more on the customers to call in. But uh, we get so many emails and texts and pages, uh, not pages, that's old school, um, <laughs> uh, emails and uh, texts on any equipment that operates now automatically. It tells us, hey, I'm out, here's where I am. Mm. The crews get it automatically through the system, and they're going to the right spot. So um, we still like to hear from customers, one, to verify that they are out, and two, sometimes they have good information, like, hey, I saw this tree fall, uh, or I've, you know, I've seen something that you need to know about that helps us uh, to diagnose the, the cause. But we are not as reliant uh, uh, on actual uh, customers calling in. In fact, nowadays we tell you them. We send out, uh, if you're signed up for our text notification, when we have an outage, we declare it, and it sends them a message and says, hey, we know your power's out. Uh, and again, when it's restored, hey, your power's restored. So if you're not at home, you know what's mm-hmm. going on. So what's your first step when you get that notification that there's a power outage? Yeah, so like I said, it automatically goes to the duty person. We, we're, we're on call 24-7, uh, okay. 365 days a year. So uh, when a call comes in, we have a, a, an outage reporting system, and it goes into that system automatically and automatically dispatches whoever's on call to respond. Um, now, if it's a large outage, other people automatically get involved uh, so that we have a larger response. Uh, so we have our substation folks, and we have myself as a manager, and all. we all get that information when it's a lot of people so that we can automatically mobilize 
uh, a larger group of people to diagnose and, and repair the problem. Um, so, uh, yeah, it depends, but uh, typically it's mostly all, it's very automated. So let's say a tree falls on a power line because of a storm. How many houses? What is the usual scope of how many people lose power? Yeah, it, it's so variable. Um, it just really depends on where that tree falls. Mm-hmm. So if, if it's on a main line, like a, you know maybe a main road in Rock Hill, we have a trunk line, kind of like an interstate line, mm-hmm. if you think of the roadway system. That may knock out anywhere from fifteen to 2,500 people um, wow. at one time. If it falls in a neighborhood, it could knock out 10 uh, or 50, uh, just depending on where it is. Um, so th- there's a lot of variations in, in what that can be. Um, so. so you've got line workers, you've got an engineering group, you've got a power and communications group. Uh, how many crews does that entail, and how many people does it really take to keep things running? So my whole department is 50. That uh, does everything we talked about earlier. The the line crews are the guys who are out there working on the lines that you see. Uh, we have uh, 17 of those guys and a supervisor, so about 18 folks do that. Um, we've got another five that work on the substations. Um, and, then, and then the rest of those folks are, you know, again, doing some of those uh, other services that we offer, uh, dispatch center, obviously metering generation, some of the little things that aren't directly tied, tied to uh, power restoration, but still part of what we do. So a uh, question, since kind of going back to outages, having, you know, our own electric utility service here in Rock Hill, does that mean outages are a lot um, less time than those, you know, like Duke Energy or something like yeah, that? Yeah, sure. So our service territory compared to a, a, a cooperative or a, uh, an IOU like Duke is, is much more uh, dense and smaller. Uh, so our folks are, are living in and around this community. We respond very fast uh, because we're here and we don't our, um, our territory is about 40 square miles so we don't have to go two miles to get to the location of the problem to start work we're, we're there usually and if it's during a normal work day we're there usually in 10 or 15 minutes if it's after hours we're usually there in 30 minutes uh, and like like i said with the technology we have we're getting there already knowing kind of what we need to do um, so yes uh, and this is true of municipalities across the country they are, their response times are usually um, at the top just because of uh, the people who live and work in the community where the, you know, the power lines are. Is a municipalities, and we'll speak specifically to Rock Hill, is Rock Hill's coverage area the same as the city limits? Almost, yes. Yeah. So most of our customers do fall within the city limits. There are a few areas. Uh, the whole state is divided up, and there are a few areas that are considered unassigned territory so that uh, any utility can can provide service there and we have a few of those areas uh, around rock hill that are outside the city limits but uh, 95 percent of, of who we serve are, are inside the city limits and as the city kind of grows and more people are coming here and everything do um does that require more substations it could i mean when i i've, I've been here 26 years and we had four substations when i came and we have eight now so we've doubled in size in the last 26 years uh, and we're building another one, as I said, uh, right now. So uh, more than double here in a, in a few more months. So it depends on what comes in. So uh, if, if uh, a large development could come in and it's in the area we don't currently have facilities available, that could you know, be caused to build another substation. Or if it's a, uh, a manufacturing uh, company or someone who uses a lot of power, that could also drive it as well. Uh, so it just depends on what kind of growth and where it occurs uh, dictates that. 
So you mentioned larger development, and I think for everyone here, we immediately think Panthers. So how do you go about supplying power and utilities to such a large development as the Carolina Panthers? Yeah, so that, that new substation we're right. building is, is, is going to be inside uh, the Panthers development. Um, you know, each, each development is a little unique, but that one, um, we're fortunate in that there's already transmission on the site. In fact, it's, it's being relocated on the site by the Panthers, but still there. So uh, you have to have a transmission line available or you have to build one, which we, you know, we, we try not to do. And uh, so in that site, we, we had, um, we already had the transmission source. Panthers had the property and they had the future development to use the load. So um, it was a pretty natural decision and an easy decision there to, to put a transformer in to support that development how do you decide when to add a new substation is it per people per land or acres or how does that work yeah it's, it's really based on what we call peak demand so you know, how much power is needed mm-hmm. um in that area so um here in rock hill we try to have enough capacity to be able to take one substation offline and still serve all our customers so we can do maintenance without having to have any scheduled blackouts uh, for our customers that is somewhat unique uh, and again because we're so dense and interconnected we can do that uh, so we usually try to have enough capacity that we can take one offline and work on it without having to impact any of our customers uh, so as we look at growth and as that peak demand goes up we, we look at that and say, okay we're, we're getting down to where we can't take a substation offline so it's probably time to start thinking about a new one so, so in my head, they're spaced out across the city so mm-hmm. that they can provide power to every single part of the city. Is that true? Yeah, it, for the most part, it is true, yeah. Uh, the, the oldest substation is right kind of in the center around the Winthrop College area, Winthrop University area, excuse me. Um, uh, but then, yeah, uh, they're very well dispersed around the city because, uh, you know, the growth, obviously, you go where the growth is. And, and so we, that's, substations are going to follow that so as well. So if you take the Winthrop substation online or offline so you can do maintenance, how does Winthrop still have power? Is it just the other ones have a reach to it? Yeah, it's not serving Winthrop. It's just near Winthrop. Near but, Winthrop, uh, sure. but Yes, so absolutely. So uh, all of these all of these eight substations that we have, and they have these lines that leave, we call them mainline feeders, they're all connected to each other. So each substation is tied to the other one. And so we basically just tie them together, take the substation offline that we want to work on, and the other substations are able to feed those sources. Okay. Uh, and during you mentioned power those same ties automatically sectionalize so if, if a tree falls they're talking the switches are talking to each other and automatically switch to another substation hmm. to get keep people uh on, you know on quickly so the transmission source for the panther site that was already there by them and so that was kind of an easier process but is it different for university center then so uh, it, it sort of so university center um the city made an investment uh, years ago to build a substation in advance of that project. So uh, nearby there, we built a new substation. And again, transmission was already there uh, because it served the old bleachery. And so we utilized that old line, put a new substation in just around the corner from University Center that actually not only serves University Center, but the entire downtown Rock Hill area where we are today, City Hall, um, and any development that happens in the whole Knowledge Park uh, area is served out of that station. So I remember a couple of years ago, you guys went through the process of going down Cherry Road and taking power lines and moving them underground. That, that just seems like a really daunting process to me, but it seems you guys went about it in maybe a simpler way. How did you, how did you do that? Yeah, and actually, uh, you're right, that did happen a couple of years ago. That was on the southern Cherry Road side. We actually did the northern Cherry Road side 
time gets away from me, maybe 15, 15 years ago. Okay. So it's about a four-mile stretch. Uh, and, yeah, we have – we had uh, at times four different uh, circuits on that overhead circuits that we had to bear. But yeah, it was um, it was done differently in different parts. But yeah, the city, our city council, uh, city management made a commitment to a streetscape project there as well as a reliability project along that corridor. Um, and and we uh, did it all. Like I said, we design our own. We don't we don't use consultants for our design. So we designed it. Uh, we install it. And we maintain it, so that helps a little bit when you you're doing it all yourself. Um, but yeah, finding a spot to go was 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 a challenge out there because there's you know, obviously it's an old infrastructure, it's a road that's been widened many times. Um, there's a lot of businesses that are close to the road, parking lots, what have you. But um, yeah, so we um, we did, went under the side. Actually, went under the sidewalk because we're the only place we you know hadn't been used. Just dug up the sidewalk. So, so we took the sidewalk out. We put a duck bank underneath it. We actually did out. Uh, duck bank for us and we wanted to um uh the phone lines would be underground as well we didn't want to be left with overhead phone lines so we worked with comporium did a joint use project there and put it under the sidewalk do you foresee more of that happening in the future well it's that council's direction usually on those type of projects but we've done selenese road uh it used to be a two-lane road and, and with overhead power lines and when it was widened to seven we did the same thing there buried it um saluda uh from the, as you go out town uh was done very similarly um, so it's, it's very it is expensive, and so you do have to uh, look at the the project and, and if there's rock. This is Rock Hill, and sometimes that makes it a little more difficult to do. So, but yes, I think you know we sixty percent of our system is underground, mm. uh, which is also very unique. Um, so we, we yeah, Rock Hill has made definitely an investment in underground power, and I'm sure we'll continue to do that. You mentioned this term earlier, and I don't know what it means. What is metering infrastructure? Yeah, automatic metering, the acronym is AMI, but automatic metering. So this is a big change. It's changed really how we operate. But we, uh, we have uh, electric meters now that have a radio in them, and they communicate back to us meter reads for billing, but they also tell us what's going on. So if they lose power, um, if they have a blink, if they have a high voltage or low voltage or whatever, it's telling us automatically. Um, and we respond now really before we're called. Um, so uh, I've had just numerous occasions where uh, a house has had an underground service that goes bad. The people aren't even home. They're at work. We're out there and have it repaired before they ever get home from work. Um, so anyway, there's an infrastructure that collects all that information, those reads, uh, and then we bring it back over our fiber optic network. So I have a couple of crews that maintain that infrastructure uh, for the city of Rock Hill. So. so going back to how unique this is for a city to operate this way, what's the biggest challenge? unique in, in having an electric system right yes um you know i think we have an advantage i think because we uh we're not just a power company here we're a police department we're a fire department we're a parks and rec department we're a tourism department we're um, a communication group like you guys are doing here we have a lot of resources that we can support each other um so that maybe that's not a challenge i think that's what makes us stronger is that we have so many unique resources that a, just a power company would not have to work together and support each other um you know, growth is always a challenge. I mean, the Panthers Project is a challenge, but uh, I love it. I mean, I, I love seeing it. It's exciting. Um, if, if it wasn't challenging, you know, it wouldn't be fun. So, uh, but yeah, I, th I think being a city and a municipal power, we we can we're more efficient. We're um, we have a lot of resources together that uh, we can really uh, make us a strong group. You mentioned AMI, and that's really changed how you guys operate. What are some other changes you've seen? Uh, from where Rock Hill was to where we are now? Well, I guess I've been around a while. So 
the way we operate as a power company today is almost unrecognizable compared to when I came in 1995. So um, very manual. Uh, every call was written down on a piece of paper, person's name, where they live, uh, you know, and, and the next call would come in and it'd be the next one on the list. And, and somebody had to look at it and say, okay, I think those roads are kind of close together. That must be an outage that we need to go out and figure out. And it was just very, you just had to go out there and kind of find it, you know, and he just didn't have a lot of automation um, and, and very, uh, in today's terms, very inefficient. But back then, that's really all the technology you had. So we relied on customers to call. We, everything was very manual. Uh, today, uh, there's so much automation um, that reliability is uh, so much more improved than it used to be. Responses when we do have an issue is uh, night and day. Uh, so yeah, it's, we, we really have been able to utilize in, uh, data and technology to improve the service we provide uh, and, and really do it efficiently. So we're uh, you know, probably doing it cheaper than we used to because we're, just, we're, so, we're so much faster and get the power back on uh, quicker than we ever have before. Um, the different you mentioned earlier that customers can uh, kind of receive texts from you guys, mm -hmm. so I would assume that's a like a very large resource for customers. Um, how do they how do they do that? Yeah, so it, any new customer they'll pretty much sign you up right away unless you opt out. Um, we have about seventy five percent of our customers that are, are signed up for that. But if if you I encourage everyone to do it. Um, but um, you, you basically would contact customer service, and they will opt you into that service uh, to get tech notification for power. Uh, another service, and this is not necessarily through my department, but I highly recommend people think about is we have a, a customer utility customer portal. So they can go in there and set up to get text notifications if their power consumption goes above a certain level or their water consumption. Uh, it's very helpful for finding water leaks that you may have at your home uh, or if you're having electric consumption that you're not um, don't anticipate so i highly recommend customers take care of, take advantage of both of those options uh, i have found a water leak at my house that i would have never found under mm -hmm. my house uh, because of the water leak notification so uh, uh, again not really necessarily in, in what i do but uh, I, it's, it's a it's a service we offer under utilities, there is water and then there is electric. How do you guys, is it really separate or do you guys work so closely together? It, well, and there's also uh, wastewater. So we okay. have th three main utilities. Um, we, and we used to be all one. So mm -hmm. it hasn't been that long ago that we were all one department. So as we grew, there was just a need to separate that. But yes, now we're, we're side by side in the operations center. Uh, myself and the director for the water and wastewater, we work uh, hand in hand a lot. Uh, certainly, we share resources when needed during emergency situations and, and support each other. So, yes, there's, uh, we are separate, but we are, we're, we'll always be connected, I think. Is there anything that we're missing or anything you'd like to add? No, I just appreciate the chance to be here and, and share with you guys and appreciate your time with me today. Uh, it's good, great questions you've asked, and I uh, hope to be back. And if you ever want, if you ever want to know why that always on is on the Rock Hill logo. <laughs> this is the guy because he, he said 24 seven, 365. He, he is the charge leading the always on 26 year. Rock Hill has never closed. Never closed. Never closed. We are yeah. always on power guy. Mike Jolly. Thanks for joining us yes, today here you. on Rock Hill city cast. Thanks for listening to the Rock Hill city cast. Episodes are available each week to stream on SoundCloud, Google, and Apple podcasts to keep up with city of Rock Hill information follow us on social media.